Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, it's an absolutely drop-dead gorgeous uh, day here in Sunny Slope with the sun shining on the mountains and a little warmer than it's been. It's not freezing this morning, just kind of chilly. And uh, great time to get out and explore the Arizona. If you got time to, if you really want to take a drive and go see some of the southern deserts and uh, the Kofa Mountains, a lot of beautiful places here. And it's 67 degrees for tomorrow. That's pretty ideal weather. Those poor people back there in that cold country with those blizzards. Um, you know, we like the snow here up in the mountains, but we can get away from it. <laughs> anyway, we've got wide open phones, folks. It's the perfect time to call. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And um, one of these times a year when it's a little cool, we're getting things ready. You know, can still plant vegetables. There's always, always vegetables to plant here in Arizona. But a lot of fun things you can do with that. Beautiful flowers. and looks like the freezing week's over. So if... Uh, your flower is a little frozen. You need something pretty to put on the patio. If you're having people over for the day off and maybe doing a little grilling or something fun for Martin Luther King Day, which would be the beautiful, perfect day for it, uh, be a great time to, to maybe stop by the nursery day and grab a, you know, a color bowl with some beautiful flowers, something that can really brighten up your patio. But a perfect time for planting trees, too. If you want to plant bigger shade trees, if last summer was a little hot, if you get them in now, they get a chance to root out before they uh, have to go into their spring workout and start to grow. So you get a jump on the season this time of year. And uh, pruning is probably the most important thing for now. If you want to grow grapes and have them bigger than peas, now's the time to prune your grapes. You know, grapevines all back, blackberries the same way. Uh, you know, all all the fruiting trees, peaches, apples, plums, and pears. You want to get them pruned now before they uh, start to bloom. Uh, another pointer this time of year is if you have figs and you want to grow the best figs, uh, they love cow manure. Now, I don't know why, but there was a, a friend of mine that my grandfather used to take me to work for back when I was 12 years old, many moons ago. And uh, he showed me that uh, cow manure works the best on figs applied this time of year. If you work it in around your fig trees, uh, for some reason, they just love that organic nitrogen. And, you know, figs are one of those fun trees that's been grown for over, well, well over 4,000 years anyway. Probably the, you know. We had uh, people running around in fig leaves, you know, a long time ago in the biblical history. So, you know, figs are one of those kind of things. We're just going to grab one of these phones, kind of come in hot. Good morning. Welcome to the Whitfield History Garden Show. Uh, this is uh, Dennis from Glendale. I have a uh, question on, on replacing my palm trees. Sure, can you get the line? Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I have a question. Um, I have my... Palm trees gave into this heat this last summer, and I lost two of the of the queen palms. And uh, I was I didn't want to replace them with queen palms; they're just too much work <laughs> trying to keep them alive. And so I was thinking about uh, doing a uh, maybe a date palm. I was wondering okay. if uh, that's a good idea. Or well, date palms are very hardy. 
You know, date palms come from a lot of them. Most of them originally were from Iraq, but all around North Africa. And uh, date palms do exceedingly well here. And if you want to grow them for fruit, you can do that. And, uh, you know, they can harvest some wonderful medjool dates. We're kind of the capital here in Arizona and Southern California of the medjool dates. But if you just want to grow them for their aesthetic beauty, I mean, they're easy to grow here as well. And when established, just to grow a hardy one, you know, uh, it's going to use very little water and it doesn't mind 130 degrees. Ooh. <laughs> and it still looks nice. I mean, well, they're, yeah, they're very popular now. We, we, we grow and sell a lot of date palms. We, if you ever drive to San Diego and see the date palms there in Dateland, that's one of our farms, but we grow a lot of dates in Southern Arizona. Oh, Arizona. nice. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I'm thinking ahead and now I wanted to go to, uh, Woodfields to get a replacements for them. And, uh, I appreciate your help. Yeah, well, come out and see us, you know, and there's a lot of other very hardy varieties, too. The California fan palm is like on the all the ones that were planted here historically in Mesa and Phoenix, you know, and those trees are the only native palm tree. And Mexican fan palms are tall and slender. And if you want a date palm that's thinner, we have one called a Sylvester that's kind of nice. So there's there's a lot of, you know, palm tree options that are truly desert palm trees and uh, will take the heat much better than Queens, which are more tropical. Yeah, there. It was rough seeing them little by little fall, you know, and they go, wow, it's, I don't want, and I put a lot of work into them, you know, a lot of watering, a lot of fertilizer, and it got shoot it, you know, after 20 years, they just didn't. Well, it's the last three summers, you know, and I got to say that uh, we've given up on a couple at our house now that we're over 20 years old. And uh, Oh, gosh. The other thing, if you like that look, what you can plant, too, is, is a mule palm. A mule palm? A mule palm's a cross between a pindo palm and a queen palm. So if uh-huh. you're looking for a more tropical look, more like the queen, uh, uh-huh. that, that does well here in the desert, the mule palms do well, too. And they're, and they're, uh, they're, they'll put up with that heat we had last. Yes, I mean, we've, we've, had, you know, we've had great success with those. Uh, we've only been selling a lot of them for about the last 10 years. It used to be a rare collector's item because it was an odd hybrid. But now uh-huh. they've been cross-pollinated so that they're available. And if you want that real tropical look, it's a good choice, but it's I'll not. Come, down, it's, take a look yeah, come, come check them out, but they're not as hardy as a, as a regular date palm. Okay. I appreciate your help. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Uh, Paul and Scottsdale. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you? Joy in the morning. It's pretty out there now. Yes, it is. Anyway, um, in my box garden, I had a, a nice winter crop. And my pole beans did really well, but the frost finally got them here. So they still have some beans on them. Can I still replant those, like, say, uh, next month? You know, one of my neighbor Bobby's, his his famous thing planted this time of year, and it reminds me because New Year's is fast, was black-eyed peas. And as soon as you're going to plant where it's not going to frost, you can plant black-eyed peas. And, okay. and I don't know if you're from the South or not, but it's one of those things that we're supposed to eat every year at New Year's for good luck. And uh, Right. <laughs> and, how, about, how about the pole beans? Yeah, no, they, you, you, they, can, you can plant them again. You're going to have to plant them. Okay. You, you know, you can germinate them right away if you wanted to. Just whether or not we're going to have a frost again, we don't know, you know. Right. So just wait till we're sure we're not going to have another frost again. Yeah, unless you want to start them in containers and then plant them in the garden, then you can start them in containers now because it'll take you about two weeks to get the containers big enough to transplant, and it'll yeah. give you a jump on the season if you wanted to. All right, that sounds good. Thanks for the advice. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye.
Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Madeline down to cast the ground. But after Madeline, we got wide open phones. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. Give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Madeline. Good morning. My question, a couple questions, actually. One, I have an oleander tree that I'm a snowbird. So when I get here in the fall, it's just really overgrown at the bottom, mm-hmm. kind of bushy. I cut them down to ground level, but is there some magic trick to keep those from sprouting out every year? <laughs> well, if it if it wasn't allowed to sprout, you know, long ago, I, I think there might be. <laughs> but uh, Madeline, that was my you know people talk about oleanders being poisonous stuff. That was my my job with my grandmother. She had an oleander tree in a back patio, and I, I was the one who pruned all the shoots off it like that. And usually did it twice a year. And um, okay, yeah. I don't know of any good way to eliminate them. I mean, you could take it and you could cut them out down below the grade on the trunk and maybe seal it with some tree heel. And uh, uh-huh. and that would probably help some. I, I think you'll still get some back, but they won't be as prolific. Okay. All right. My other question is the lemon tree. I got very few lemons this year, but I did trim it pretty good last year. I think, I don't know, about a third. It got damaged last year, had a lot of weird sprouts on it. But not much fruit this year, um, so it's getting close to time to trim it again. Should I do the same thing or not trim it as much? Well, maybe not trim it as much. And you know what we do in the groves where, where we have time? I mean, a lot of it, we just hedge the top and cut a side or two. But um, if you want to get some of the best fruit, if you'll take some of the big shoots off the top and open up the interior so you get more light mm-hmm. on the inside... And if you have okay. many new water sprouts or sucker shoots coming up on the inside, thin those out so more light goes in the inside part of the portion of the tree. And that's where you grow your best quality lemons. Okay. Sounds good. And the last question would be a Mediterranean palm. Are they notorious just for being slow growers? Or is there something that I can do to get them to get a little taller than two feet? <laughs> well, a couple things. Number one, if it's one of the bluer strains one, uh, the bluer ones uh, really are slow. But Mediterranean is okay. a slower palm tree in general. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cultivars, a lot of little bit of different genetics in them. Some will grow faster than others. But if you want to grow them the best, you want to push them pretty hard in the spring. So you'd want to fertilize them around Valentine's Day and then deep water them, you know, about once every at least once every two weeks in the spring and once a week in the summertime. And if you'll keep feeding and they'll grow faster. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate your call and the information. Thank you. Well, thank you, Madeline. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. Give uh, sure a call. You could be right up after Elise here in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. There's a man I think you've heard of His name was Martin Luther King Well, he wanted a world of peace and love He said, I have a dream I have a dream Well, I have a dream Well, I've been to the mountaintop and I've Welcome back, folks, and uh, hopefully it's a dream we can all share. 
We'll get right back to the phones. We do have two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Elise in North Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. I'm, uh, I'd like to talk figs. Okay. Um, something that is very good for the desert, mm-hmm. low water use, and something that thrives on neglect. Well, the hardiest fig that I've had been, you know, used here for years and years is the Mission Black. The Mission Black. And it's going to be a smaller fig, a little smaller tree, but very prolific. It'll have two distinct crops a year. And uh, that's probably the most proven variety of all. There are a lot of others that grow here, but that's the most proven. There's a big one called a brown turkey, and there's a cadota, and there's three or four other new varieties that uh, I don't recall right offhand we've had pretty good luck with. But the one that's the most prolific and most common is Mission Black. Mission Black. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. What time do you plant them? Is this a good time to plant them? Now's a great time. You can plant them, yeah, anytime this spring before they leaf out's the best. So, you know, if you plant them between now and the uh, middle of February, it's probably the best time of the year. Okay. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Elise. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. John in Desert Mountain. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for uh, the work you do. I do have a question. I'd like your view on this. They they put these uh, cups on these cactuses. My house is at about thirty five hundred feet, way up north. Uh-huh. Do you? Do, what, what's your view on that? Absolutely, a wonderful thing to do if it's going to freeze. You know, because okay. a lot of these cactus are a little more tropical than our desert. And, uh, you know, your elevation where you're at doesn't really tell you how cold you're going to be. Because if you're in a, in a given ge- geographic region, if you're on a slope or a hillside, you can be 10 degrees warmer than the guy that's next door down in the Royal Horn, in the, you know, in the low area. So the cold air runs off the mountains like a river. And when you're yeah. down in the low part of where the water's running, it's cold. And those, those cups that you put on top, the foam cups are absolutely wonderful for saving that growth tip on the cactus. Okay, good. Well, I, I just wanted to know that. And I just want to let you know, you and uh, I don't know why I listen to most of the KTR guys, but you and uh, Detour Dam Beach, if you, you got a smile in your, in your voice. <laughs> it always makes me happy. And uh, But it does bother me when he uh, has to advertise for one of your competitors sometimes. Well, but, they, uh, they get paid to anyway. do that, you know, so it's okay. But um, no, you know <laughs> anyway. what, it's... A lot of us are getting old and been around these, these stations for a long time. You know, I, I'm fairly new to KTAR, but I've been in the Valley on the air for over 30 years. Well, thanks for your work you do, and uh, you have a good Sunday, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Well, thank you, John. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Leo and then Rod, and then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Leo out in AJ. Good morning. I I got an older established grapefruit, and they had nice kind of glossy green leaves, and now it's starting to have like brown spots in the leaves. Is that something to be concerned about? Well, you know, a lot of that's probably damage from last summer when it was so hot, but I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, you know, the main thing for these citrus to recover, this they're not doing anything right now. They're pretty dormant. But when this weather starts to warm up over the next few weeks and the weather gets up in the, you know, the mid 70s and 80s, they're going to start to grow and bloom and things again. So it's a good time to uh, fertilize them. And if you got some burnt parts on the outside, you want to do some pruning. Now's a great time to prune them as well. You don't want to prune them to the point where you expose the wood to the sun, but decide that the pruning is good for them. 
and uh, spring will be here. They'll start to grow, and that new growth will come out and won't have those burnt spots on them. If I had to sit out in the sun like these grapefruit trees did last summer, I'd have spots too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, is it worth painting the trunks? With Absolutely. If, if the sun's hitting the trunks, you, you definitely want to paint them. And the grapefruits okay. uh, with their big foliage seem to suffer worse than a lot of other citrus varieties do in the heat. And uh, especially if you have a red one called a Rio Red or Texas uh, Star Ruby, and those are going to burn a little worse. So, um, you know, painting the wood if it's exposed is a great idea. Okay. Okay, I'm on water it. Uh, you know, are you in rocky soil? Where are you at in AJ, Leo? Uh, I don't think it's too rocky. Okay, here. so down the, like in the developed soil. part of yeah, of uh, Apache Junction, usually fairly well-drained soil. You want to water them this time of year, you know, as it warms up about once every two to three weeks, and the heat of the summer once a week. Oh, okay, okay. They're pretty heavy. Have a well around them in a bubbler or just run your drip for a long time. Okay, that I got. All right, thank you. Thanks, Leo. Bye-bye. Yep, talk to you later. Well, let's see. Next up, we've got Rod and Scott still been after Rod. It's wide open, folks. We've got about 40 minutes left. The uh, It's kind of like when we're out there fishing. We cast the line out, and the tunas are jumping everywhere. Now's the time to jump if you want to get in easy. All you got to do is give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. Hey, I got two issues. I'll pick up a little bit of this time since we're waiting for the fish. <laughs> All right. I got two uh, two scenarios. Number one, I got split lemons. Uh huh. That's kind of weird. Uh, my lemons are falling off the tree, but they actually look like they've exploded or they're kind of split. And then the other issue I got is I got a lime tree, and she is just not. I bought it from. I'll, I won't say the name, but. I bought it from not you guys, but um, I planted that thing, and it started rooting or. or I started turning into a bush and not producing any limes at all. So that's those my two issues I have. Well, the easy thing with that lime tree is you got the wrong variety. You have a thornless lime. Ah. Okay. And the thornless limes, we call them sin spina, sin fruta. They have no thorns and no fruit. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's just, it's really a cultivar lime. I and mean, people like the idea of having a thornless lime because the regular Mexican limes, which do the best here, are like a tumbleweed. You know, so the thornless lime is kind of a nice concept. But if you're growing the lime for the limes, not just to be a pretty tree, you probably don't want a thornless lime. So you have a couple options. You could either change it out, just rip it out and put in a thorny lime that has a lot of fruit. Or you could mess around and graft it for a couple of years and make it into a grafted regular lime and have fruit on it that way. So either either way will work. And it's up to okay, you how you want to do it. Where would be a good... When would be a good time to pull it out and, and replant with a new one? Oh, the best time to plant a citrus is right after the frost. So any time after the 15th of February. Okay, great. Okay. Now, and then on your split, split lemons, uh, I would lemon, guess sorry. that your lemon tree got a little too dry back last year in July. And the fruit on it quit expanding and growing. And that's a really big growth season normally for the fruit. And then somehow you paid more attention. You might have fertilized or we know the weather changed. It got a little more humid and the fruit started to grow again. And that fruit, because the rind was set on it, uh, quits expanding and the fruit just splits. So it's not something that's going to necessarily repeat itself. And it's not something we can fix for this year. But uh, next year, just make sure that, you know, the tree has plenty of water when it's real hot. Perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you. Have a, have a nice holiday weekend. Go do something fun tomorrow if you're off. <laughs> Planting trees. Oh, cool. Yeah.
Well, we if you need any more, we got plenty, Rod. <laughs> I will do. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Bye bye. Uh Dennis and Chandler, good morning. Good morning. So my question is is how frequently should we flood irrigate in our HOA, we've got pine trees in one grove and sumacs in another. Mm-hmm. And right now, they're they're setting their summer schedules for one time a month flood irrigation. Uh, what would be the normal for a yearly thing? Well, do, do, do they have other watering in addition to the flood irrigation? No. So that no, that that's that's not enough. You know the pro- the problem is this. Okay, uh, here's here's the real problem, Dennis. When we're trying to set irrigation schedules on an annual basis, and I understand that when you're irrigating through an irrigator, different kind of things, it's it's what you kind of almost have to do. But as as a farmer, and I guess I'm a farmer, we grow a few hundred acres of stuff. You know what we do is watch the weather, we test the soil, and we irrigate when we need to. And you know, with with most desert trees and sumacs and pines are definitely desert trees, they'll survive on monthly irrigation. However, trees that like this past year when it was 115 degrees every day for a month with no humidity, um, trees that were irrigated once a month, even on a lot, a lot of the sumacs around town, they nearly died. And I've never seen them suffer from the heat the way they did this year. So. I really recommend you don't set a schedule, and I recommend somebody goes out there and checks the water and irrigate when you need it. I mean, that's the best way to water. You know, here in the wintertime, once a month or once every two months, you know, could be fine for this time of year. But uh, once again, we're going to check the temperature and the soil moisture and those kind of things and irrigate when we need it. And these trees can do a lot of wonderful things for us. You know, in the in the summertime, when we want to put more water on them, when it's 115 degrees, uh, you can actually cool the area underneath an African sumac tree by as much as 15 degrees if it's got ample water. So they'll help cool your whole project and they'll make the whole environment around you cooler. And that's the time to put the water on them. And then, you know, this time of year, once every two months can be fine, you know, depending on our climate and weather. And if we've had any rain, uh, all those things make a difference. But I would say that honestly, once a month, you know, just put on a scheduled basis, I I wouldn't want to be a tree and try to grow with it. All right. So probably from May to September, at least twice a month. Well, see, it's going to be different. So May is a lot different month. Okay. So you got May is a month where our average temperature is going to be 100 degrees or maybe just less. And our nighttime temperature is going to be about 65. Okay. So May is typically not a real hot month here. The first half of June. Okay. Usually it's about 105, can be 110. Um, but our nighttime temperatures are usually going to drop into the 70s. Okay. So that's not so critical. Now, the second half of June, when we have the longest days of the year and the most daylight and potential for the highest temperatures, I would say not, not further apart than every two weeks. And I would keep that up through July as well, depending if we get a monsoon. You know, because a lot of times historically here, we've had a monsoon in July and you can make up for an irrigation with the monsoon. But more more than that is the humidity, you know, would make a big difference. And uh, the ambient temperature will drop if it's humid. So there's there's just things there, Dennis, where it's hard to schedule. But I definitely would schedule, you know, two irrigations in June and two irrigations in July and then see what August and September bring. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Gordon in North Mesa. Good morning, Gordon. Uh, good morning. Uh, got a question on my Meyer lemon tree. Uh, I had absolutely no lemons on it this year. Uh, had popcorn uh, blossoms last year. Of course, they all fell off and no lemons. Uh, 
This year, I'm just wondering, when should I be expecting to see blossoms come back on that again? Well, you know, Meyer lemons can bloom more than one cycle in a season, okay? And some of them had a few blooms on them a week ago, but most of those blooms, unless they were protected from the frost, are probably gone, okay? And there was enough frost, depending on where you're at, to freeze the feathers and the blooms off. And they'll bloom again as soon as the weather's about 80, 85. So normally somewhere in February. And uh, and they can bloom more than one time. They can bloom in February. They can bloom again and have another set in March or April and even again maybe in May. Okay, well, I'm just uh, wondering uh, if it doesn't bloom again, uh, uh Think about getting a new tree. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, Gordon. You know, if if I did, I'd have I've got a grove with fifteen thousand Meyer lemons in it, right? And this year was the least crop, you know, per volume of tree I've ever had. And uh, I don't know why, but we, you know, I think a part of it was our pruning that we did last year and some different things. But uh, so we're gonna we're gonna prune a little differently and try some new things out. Appreciate the call. Good luck and don't give up on it. Well, it looks like it's uh, time for the news. Mister Barrett's running in the studio. We're gonna take a short break with the news. In the meantime, we do have a line or two open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. It's Shira Bryan and Troy with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here Sunday from seven to nine a.m. on ninety two point three FM KTAR. This is your land, this land is my land, from California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me, as I was walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless sky. Welcome back, folks. A beautiful song and a beautiful world we live in. We just have to take care of it. Anyway, uh, get right back to the phones. We do have uh, no lines available. As one goes, you can give us a call at 602-277-5827. Deanne in uh, Litchfield, good morning. Good morning. Um, I noticed in my garden, I have um, a couple of compost buckets where I just throw my kitchen scraps and um, about three or four months ago, a little tree popped up, and I believe it's a mango tree. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, is it going to do well out there? Should I have any high hopes for this guy? Well, um, it's it's doing good in the cold. I have it wrapped up, and <laughs> he's doing good. I just want to know how to keep him happy. So you were throwing big mango seeds out in the garden, I take it, then? I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you're, so yeah, it could be, you know, mangoes are, that are, are grown commercially are grafted. And there's one here called a Keats variety. It's probably the best. And it's grow, grafted to a, a pretty astringent variety um, called a turpentine, believe it or not. But at any rate, um, you know, you've got your little mango well, growing and there's no reason to give up on it. Um, are you going to try and pot it and move it away from the compost pile, or is the compost pile going to be its fertilizer for the rest of its life? 
Well, I don't know. I just I don't <laughs> want to kill it. I, I just want it to be happy, and it's happy where it is, so I'll probably just leave it be. Well, and if you keep throwing more compost around it and feed it food scraps every day, it might be pretty happy. So, you know, yeah. it, it sounds like a fun project, Deanna, and I, I certainly wouldn't give up on it. And you can always graft it later if it doesn't produce uh, good fruit. It'll take it a few years to get to that point. Just be mindful of the cold weather and uh, have fun. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Troy and Gilbert. Good morning, Troy. Good morning. Hi. Yeah, I had a, a couple. I had a couple questions. Um, how soon do I need to get my citrus off the tree? Uh, you don't. You know, it'll eventually fall off if okay. you don't use it. So, you know, really, most of it's going to stay better on the tree. The navel oranges are going to get kind of less quality here in about a month or so. Um, lemons will stay on the tree through April for like a Lisbon lemon. Um, you know, depending, a lot of the tangerines aren't really, well, grapefruit, you know, you can leave on the tree through next fall. So you can keep harvesting grapefruit. They'll be oh, their best okay. through June uh, or July, but you can still harvest the grapefruit in August, September, and October. Okay. Yeah. They don't seem like they've gotten as big this year as they usually do. No, leave them on a little longer. Maybe they'll get bigger. Okay. They will All get right, big, and, They uh, will get bigger. The Okay. The second question I had was, how far back can I prune my um, fig trees? What kind of trees? Um, figs. Oh, figs? You can butcher them. Yeah. You know, we take ours. Our, okay, you know, ours this done. year, I've, I've kind of let it grow for this is second year. I'm going to cut it back to about yeah. six feet tall, and it's 20 feet tall right now. I, I oh, like wow, figs. Okay. And, well, I like figs, and I can't get... Yeah, those grow back like a bush, but I mean, that's where you're going to harvest the fruit. Okay, sounds good. I didn't have very good crop on that this year either. You know, the other thing is, Troy, is work in some cow manure around it after you prune it. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that through the fertilizing it. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Troy. Have a nice holiday. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike and Gilbert, good morning, Michael. Hey, good morning, Brian. Hey, I have a question for you. We've been down, we always go down to the Cooper store in East mm -hmm. Valley. And uh, looking for some ideas here. We just had to replace a, uh, a very old queen palm. Uh, it's, it died anyway. We, we cut it down. We removed the stump. It's right in front of our house, and, 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 and the spot where we need to plant a new tree, which is what I'm looking for a recommendation on from you, is um, kind of on rock and near, near a walkway, mm -hmm. um, kind of in front of the, uh, not right in front of the doorway, but I mean, you know, 30, 40 feet away from the door. We want to have a tree that it has a canopy that maybe gets to be maybe 15 feet tall, the highest. Um, not looking for a tree that, that is going to drop a lot of pods and messy leaves and stuff, but something that looks kind of nice there in the front to take the place of that palm tree. Any recommendations, like a fig or, a, I mean, a, a Texas fig we were looking at, I think, or a or olive or well, something. Well, there's there's a Texas olive, and it, it's a pretty little tree with white flowers. 
but it yeah, drop, it drops a lot of little fruit on the ground and a lot of flowers. But it's it's yeah. a very pretty little tree, and size wise, it would work well. Um, I was also look at just a regular fruitless olive, like a Swan Hill olive, and a Swan Hill olive can certainly get bigger than that. But you can keep it pruned that size forever, and uh, okay. you can form it and work on it, and it'll be a lot cleaner tree. Or then another thing that would be kind of pretty in there might be a Texas Mountain Laurel, which is a real dark green foliage on it and has a purple flower that smells like grapes in the spring. Doesn't bloom that long, about you know four weeks or so, but it can be a very handsome tree with dark in dark foliage and pretty clean. Okay, all right. And how how tall will that get? Um, mature. Well, mature, you know, it, there, there are some in town that are 25 feet tall, but they're also 60 or 70 years old, you know, so it doesn't grow very fast. And, you know, realistically, if you wanted to keep it as a 10 to 12 foot tree forever, and you can certainly do that. Now, it's going to grow slower, too. I mean, the, the problem with, with small trees is they take longer to get big. Okay, that's another great question. So whatever box size we purchase, I, I don't know how tall they are coming out of the coming out of the. Uh, uh, the your orchard there, mm-hmm. um, if they're six feet or four feet. Well, we, we've got a, we've got everything from you know a fifteen gallon, which is about two and a half feet, to a you know a sixty inch box, which would be ten or twelve feet. You know, when you're looking at okay. a thirty year old tree versus a you know a three year old tree, and we've got every okay. every size in between. That that first one you mentioned, can you uh, spell that? Was it the Swan Hill or yeah, Swan Hill, huh? like the Swan, the Bird Hill. And that's that's a fruitless olive that uh, is a very nice fruitless olive. You know, the, being fruitless, it's a lot cleaner, but it's a hardy evergreen, and we have those in a wide variety of sizes. And if you want something okay. to maintain, it'll be easily maintained. It's it's a great tree. Okay. And how, how thick would the canopy be on, on both of those trees? Those are dense. I mean, all three of these trees are pretty dense. So you're not going to see through the foliage on any of these. You could raise them up. I mean, in most of these trees would typically be grown as a multiple trunk with three or four, you know, different trunks on them. And you could raise okay. the canopy up. So if you want to see underneath it, you can. Or you could put some ground cover or something underneath it as well. Um, and that's just a matter of how you want to prune them. But they'll all prune into nice little tree shape, you know, tree forms. It'd be in a bush. But, uh, okay. You know, so it's just a matter of how you want to prune them. But they all prune well, and they all thrive here in the desert. And they're all pretty low water users. Okay, well, uh, just one, one, one more one one more idea for a, a less dense canopy, and one more idea. Okay, well, for the west side of the house where you want shade. Well, it's, it's east side, east side of the okay. house. Okay, so how, I mean, that that's kind of, well, it's, there's other trees that get bigger, you know. So if you want something really clean to put out there, you could use like a red yeah. push pistachio, and that'll grow more into like a 30 to 40 foot tree eventually. But um, what's nice about the pistachios, the red push, is they'll drop their leaves one week a year in January, and the rest of the year there's absolutely no litter. We have one in our back patio and a big uh, flagstone patio this magnificent and uh, takes very little water and it's very clean and provides a lot of shade. Yeah. You just sold us one of those. We planted one about two years ago and we love it. It's in our front yard also, but, but uh, so I, I probably would get something different, but anyway, that's well, another, another nice flowering tree that you really can't observe very well this time of year, but is really nice. is like above our desert willow. And the desert willows, um, you know, have beautiful flowers all summer, but they're bare for about two and a half months in the wintertime. Barefoot desert willow. Okay. Well, no, yeah, Bubba desert, Bubba, like Bubba, the guy from Texas. 
Bubba, you know my well, friend that's what Bubba. I you said, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, but Bubba, Bubba, Bubba is naked in the wintertime. Bubba, Bubba goes streaking in the wintertime, doesn't wear any clothes, lose all his leaves. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good, Brian. Thanks so much for those ideas. We'll get down and we'll pick something out and have them uh, plan it for us. Well, thank you, Michael. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Daisy in Loving. Hello, Daisy. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, so I have a question. I have a fig tree that I potted, but it's still like one stem. And during the summer, I tried so hard to keep it alive. And it had like five or six leaves, but they just kind of fell all. And I'm not sure if it's going to die or if it's actually going to come back to life. Daisy, they probably they tree. probably dropped for the winter time. Okay. Okay. So if it's cold outside in the container, leaves, you know, the figs normally go dormant. Are you going to keep it in a container? Um, well, I eventually want to plant it, but I just don't know when to, to plant it. Plant, to plant it any time in the next month is great. Okay. Okay. Perfect time should year I to keep plant it. Keep it away from a fence. Or well, I, you know, depending on what kind of fig it is, it can get fairly large. But you can prune okay. it back and maintain it, so you can harvest the fruit. You know, I like to try and keep a fig tree under ten feet, so I can get the fruit off it. And you know, okay. as they get more mature, it's going to take more pruning to do. But I would leave for a fig tree an area of at least eight by eight. You know, kind of a minimum amount of space for it. And okay. uh, it won't do that well on the west side of a wall because of the heat reflected off the wall. If you have it like on the east side of a wall, it'll do very well. Or mm -hmm. south away from the wall will do fine. Or north away okay. from the wall will do fine. And uh, when you plant it, um, well, it sounds like it's pretty little. Just, just mix in some mulch with it and it'll grow pretty fast. And it'll, it'll okay. do a lot better in the ground. And I'm, I'm sure it's probably fine. It's just uh, dormant for the winter. Awesome. Okay. Another question. So, um, in my, so I have a, we're going to be moving soon mm -hmm. and I have, um, a ficus tree that I have been like baby forever. It's like five feet tall. And that one I did plant. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, like, is it too hard to, you know, relocate it? Like if I want to unplant and plant in my new house. How, Daisy, how, how long has it been go? planted? Um, it was planted last summer. It would probably live. I mean, ficus are fairly hardy. And if you transplant okay. it, um, you know, somewhere, you know, starting after about the first of March, you know, so it's got some heat and uh, you could cut the top of the tree back, you know, by about a third and, and okay. get, as, get as big a root ball as practical for you. Now, for the cost and the effort, it might be cheaper just to buy a new ficus because they're not they're not that <laughs> okay. expensive for a small one. But if it has sentimental okay. value, I would certainly go ahead and move it. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, I appreciate Dave. it. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Uh, we're going to take a break. And now, you know what? I'm going to take Bob first, then we're going to take a break. Bob, good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. Great show as always. Quick question on uh, pruning. I've got some oleanders, Cape honeysuckles, orange jubilee, jubilees that have uh, grown quite well. What's a good time to start pruning those guys? We usually just butcher those things uh, right after the frost potential. So somewhere when they're going to start to grow between Valentine's Day and the 1st of March. Okay, fair enough. And watering cycle for right now, what should that look like? Not much. You know, like once every two weeks, fine. Excellent. Great. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. 
Okay, have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we have wide open phones. It's the perfect time to give Shira a call. And it's also the last opportunity because we only have about 10 minutes left today. The number to call is 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTER for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.
beautiful song. Let me take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind of your size, this is a great time to plant many varieties, and we'll do the digging. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south to Sky Harbor Airport. If you want to taste some delicious fruit, our little label that we have in the grocery store says Silver Canyon Citrus. We grow wonderful Meyer lemons, Lisbon lemons. We'll have Tangelo's in about two weeks. Got some navel oranges around the stores. And we have great stores that support us. We have the whole Bash's family. That's Bash's Food City and AJ's. We have the people over at Sprouts with lots of our different varieties in there. Uh, whole Foods, you can see our Meyer lemons right Right in the front, and Albertson's uh, Safeway. Look in the organic section. Woodfield Nursery for uh, now four generations growing citrus and uh, lots of trees here in the valley. Right back to the phones. Uh, Guadalupe and Coolidge. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Join the I have morning. a question. Um, we just bought a house in Coolidge, and you know the backyard's not huge. So I would like, I wanted a lemon, a peach, and a blood orange tree. Do they come in dwarf trees? Well, I'll tell you what, for a lemon, I would do a Meyer lemon because in in Coolidge, you're a little colder. And the mild lemon is not only a smaller tree, but it's a lot more frost hardy. Okay. And and peaches, you can grow a dwarf peach like a bonanza would be a very good peach, which won't get near as large. And what was the other variety you wanted, Guadalupe? A blood orange tree. You know, you might grow a blood orange, but I'll tell you what, we have some blood oranges at our farm, and I really wouldn't uh-huh. recommend them. If you want a red orange inside, it's not going to be as pretty a color, but I would grow a right. Caracara navel. Okay. Okay. So it's going to be a red navel inside. It's going to taste a lot better. Well, at least to okay. me, the flavor is great on blood oranges for juice, but our crop is just not very reliable. Okay. Got it. All righty. That was my uh, question. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, Mark and Tempe, good morning, Mark. Hey, how are you doing, Brian? Great, Mark, but you know what happened? I'm running out of time, so I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll take you off the air. And I'll okay. be right back with you. I just got to say goodbye. Well, folks, a beautiful day, a great time to celebrate the life and the people that have given their lives for us. And uh, Martin Luther King was surely one of them. You know, and he reminds us that, uh, you know, no man's perfect. There's there's none of us that walk the face of this earth that do everything right. But uh, the most difficult and the most rewarding virtue I think that we can have is forgiveness. You know, forgiving and loving each other, our fellow man. And to me, that was his biggest attribute. Be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.